Welcome to the Evening Cast. I'm Chris. And I'm Vincent. And today we're joined by a good friend, Matt. And my fiance, Rachel. But today we're going to talk about what? Matt's toxic life. relationships. Yes. Oh, toxic relationships. We're breaking bread. Breaking bread. And today we have food from Bangkok Thai. Because uh, I know y'all going out to eat later for this guy's birthday. Nothing big. Uh, just We got some uh, curry puffs. Chicken satay, and I think that's vegetable spring rolls right here. A version? Huh? A version of it? Are these bananas? A version of it. Or those chickens? Where do you see bananas? (laughs) Oh, those are bananas. (laughs) Oh my god. I was like, where do you see bananas? I mean, it doesn't look He literally said it's chicken. (laughs) Oh. And he went, is that banana? (laughs) Not a banana, sir. Yes. Though it does look kind of like the fried plantains. It's not a fried plantain right now. All of our brains are mushy. (laughs) Yeah. So, I did the dumb thing of going out to Elenium. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And I was... Oh, lucky. Yeah, I went and didn't get home till like, 1. Ate some gyms. Went to bed at, like, 2. And then woke up at... Woke woke up. I'm woke. I'm woke. No, I woke up at, like, 5 o'clock to go to work. Yeah. And here I am. Wow. I'm exhausted. How was the show, though? It was good. It was really good. Um, Devin was really good, and um, what's the name? Um, Akali. Yeah, Akali was also really good. Devin, Akali, Lenny, if you're listening to this, please sponsor us. Sponsor us? <laughs> what? Music? Music. Oh, yeah, tickets. dude, I'm down. Tickets. <laughs> oh, my God. Chris is oh, like, yes, God. music for the podcast, and you're like, I want some tickets. <laughs> like, I know. Priorities. Uh, priorities. All right. You can tell. I'm, I'm all about that... Uh, Free music, yeah. free ninety nine. SoundCloud. Anyway. He's all about the free ninety nine to go to concerts. <laughs> uh, shall we dig it? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Not hungry. I did just. Eat. I'll just have this little chicken piece. There you go. It's some peanut. You're not allergic to peanuts, right? No. no. Okay. You can eat peanuts. I know who's he. Which peanuts you eating tonight? <laughs> who's who's peanuts? Sorry. Who's, who's, who's peanuts? I was making that. I was like joke. gross. <laughs> Speaking of peanuts. Matt, tell us about yourself. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh, go ahead and give us a little introduction, who who you are, what you do, what you're about, where you're going. Um, all right, so Those are a lot of questions. Sweats. <laughs> um, my name is Matt. I am a senior at Loyola University of Chicago. I'm a student studying biology. Um, right now, I'm just trying to figure out my life and what I want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. You're from, you're not from Chicago, you're from... No, so my family lives in Florida currently, but I am South Korean. Um, I lived overseas pretty much for the majority of my life, so that was interesting experience, I would say. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Would you, um, when did you guys, or when did you guys, yeah, like, move to the States? Um, last, uh, last March. So oh, okay. It's only been a little over a year, year and a half, I'd say. Okay. And you have a brother. Mm-hmm. Twin brother. Twin brother. Yep. He's in Florida right now. So why is he in Florida? I remember he was here. Yeah. He's working. Okay. He, he um, stopped going to school just because he wanted to figure out mm-hmm. his passions, I guess. Um, he's actually thinking about applying to business school. Yeah. So hopefully that works out for him. Yeah. That's lit. Shout out to our silo, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> silo, Brandon. Wait, so then what are you in relation to... All of this. Um, in Lambdas, yeah. So Vincent's my pledge dad. So, so he's my, my educator. 
I pooped this kid out. <laughs> yeah, not that anus? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's why he's so thick. <laughs> yeah. It's 2019. I pop babies out. So he's my... Okay. <laughs> he's my dad, and then she's my mom. Okay. That's so weird. Yeah. But so then, you didn't start till later then. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, Brandon. Because Brandon came out Brandon Yeah. Brandon so was fall 17, and then I was the semester after that. Spring oh, okay. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Because oh. from what I knew, Matt was always, like, shitting out. He's like, that's so stupid. Like, yeah. Fred's so stupid. Yeah, and now he's, just... like, rush lambdas, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand the whole... Because we're an Asian interest, you know, organization. Yeah. And I was, like... I think my thought process was, why can't you just be a regular frat? Why does it have to be labeled Asian interest? Actually, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I don't understand too much about it, yeah. so I don't understand why it's like that. It's just a cultural thing. When, mm. Like, the, the founding fathers, we call them, of yeah. our fraternity, they're just trying to set, like, a, I guess, a new standard for Asian organizations on campus yeah. to represent the community. Um, so... That's kind of where it st- or started from. Okay. And then now it's just like a cultural thing. Yeah. The whole, okay. like, um, I guess minority, like, Greek life and fraternities and sororities, they have their own, like... Oh, no. Their Stuck. own kind of culture. What was your perspective of it from, like, an international students? Because te- technically you were, like, like... fraternities in general? Yeah, like, Greek life. Yeah, I guess I just kind of thought about that stereotype that you see in Hollywood just oh, partying yeah. maybe hazing yeah uh, and drugs and all that yeah. shit Brad's and Chad's Brad's, Brad's and Chad's no law kind of when you drink in the class <laughs> which is trash anyway just kidding some of it's pretty good some of the flavors are pretty good no white claw so tastes have like static a... electricity <laughs> that's an interesting way to describe it actually <laughs> so I've never had a white claw but I had this one like Polish vodka it didn't taste like vodka. It doesn't. It was 100 proof. It was a liqueur vodka. I can't remember the name, but it was it straight up tastes like... Oh. Sorry. It straight up tastes like uh, peppermint. Mm-hmm. Oh. I was like, dude. It's, it's dangerous. This is really dangerous. dangerous. It's really dangerous. Wow. Is it cheap? I don't know. Mm. I didn't ask the guy <laughs> how much that bottle was. <laughs> I just had it. And I'm like, okay, I'm pouring a cup full of this. Drinking must be so easy in Korea. It was. Like, the limit, was there, the age limit was what? It was 19. 19. Oh, sure. Or it is 19. Yeah. So, um, it was great. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> nightlife culture over there is very, uh... We gotta go. It's... I feel like it's different. more laid back. Yeah, it is. Um, I guess, because, you know, they're, over here, there are a lot of young kids trying to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel like when I'm here, trying to go out to bars, because... A lot of people think I'm a lot... I look younger than I am. Hey, baby. You look like you're 18. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a baby, right? Asian. Him and... Yeah. yeah. I literally... I get that all the time. Um, so, I feel like I'm being like... You know, they're like watching me all the time. Whereas over there, you know... Dude, no, speak, oh, okay. speaking of like Asians and other people that like pretty much don't age. Mm-hmm. Like they don't look like they age. Yeah. Like I heard... Or from what I've witnessed, the girls typically don't want to date those guys because of they, they, they look age. like babies. Mm-hmm. So they so, want a more masculine man. Yeah. They want a more manly man. It's a, it's almost <laughs> like a, it's kind of a Western thing. Uh-huh. Like being super Americanized like is the, the ideal man is like super macho, hyper masculine, like tall, dark, and handsome is the theme for men. And it's like, you need someone that's strong, that looks like mature and things like that. And then you have like, you guys, you guys look like babies. Like, <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. You guys all look very young. So what sells you onto this guy? Yeah, I mean... She's like, I don't even know. <laughs> he definitely looked like a baby. You should have seen him at 16. He was like a super like baby. He looked like he was 14. <laughs> Shaved their pubes and sprinkled it on him. <laughs> Not even. You didn't even have <laughs> that looks like, that's, oh my that's literally my facial hair. You had no hair at that point. You Someone had like, like a bowl sh- cut. <laughs> and it just oh stuck. He did have a bowl cut. He had a... Ju- he had the... Yeah, there's a picture right there. This is a Justin Bieber cut. He had that's the Bieber cut, cut, which was really popular in like 2012 and 13 when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. So that just dated how old we were. But like... <laughs> but when we met, like he had a bowl cut and like yeah. he wore cargo shorts. And I was like, oof. But he was funny. So that was the thing that I... I'm the kind of person where like if you make me laugh, you're in. Like... Hey. Hey. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, I'm alarmed. <laughs> like, but because I, I thought humor was a big thing, and he's a good, he was a good conversationalist. Okay. Now yeah. he's all like, if you leave the, <laughs> if you leave your shit out one more time, I'm gonna kill you. Kind of conversationalist. <laughs> but it's, oh. but that's what happens when you live together. That's a little different. It's like if you leave your little caterpillars on the sink. Yeah, again, he's like, if you leave I'm your eyelashes to. on the sink again, I might just blow up the house. Like. <laughs> Because he hates it. Because I'll, I like, I have the lashes that are the quote unquote like the very stereotypical like the Asian baby girl lashes that are really long and like they're thick and they look like a small spider if they're attached. And or a so, caterpillar. Or a caterpillar. And or I'll, a centipede. Yeah, and I'll leave them on the sink and like I remember one time he like I left them there and I came him in the bathroom go like at full volume and he was like he had them in his hand and he was like stop. Stop this! Well, you know what's what do you mean? Like, stop this! Do you mean stop putting the lashes on, or stop, stop leaving them here? Stop leaving them on okay. the sink. But I lived by myself at that point, so it didn't really matter. And mm-hmm. he was just visiting me. But he was freaking the fuck out. He just hated it. Like, so. I haven't That's seen wild. that many lashes. Also, until I met like ABGs, they're just everywhere. Lashes, lash, lash here, and lash there. Blonde highlights, blonde hair. It's just funny. Most of them, from what I've seen, the stereotype is that they they date toxic men. Yes. Toxic men. Yeah. It's a concept of like this toxic hyper masculinity mm-hmm. that stems into the relationship of very much like I'm very macho. You need to respect me. I'm the man. Yeah. Like I can talk to you however I want. And you can't do shit about it. Kind of stuff. It's very so many light bulbs just turned on. It's a lot, but that's also about it's part of the culture. It's about how they're raised. It's about how they were shown that a man should treat a woman. Like a man's first example of how to treat a woman is how his mother's treated by his father. In the case of heterosexual couples, yeah. So it's a little. That's where it kind of starts. And even for young women, like you see, there are some women like us, like where. When we're talking about toxic relationships, the first relationship we see is our parents, and we create that subconsciously. So my philosophy is always that you create the relationship you create is the one you have with the parent you have the most beef with. Matt, would you say? Because oh, I know you shared before off record about a toxic relationship you were in. Was this? Were you the toxic one, or was she the toxic? One? Um, or both? It was me. Oh, um, yeah. What'd you do? <laughs> That was, let's see, it was, uh, like, looking back on it, it's kind of weird thinking about it, because yeah. it's not, like, previously, even now, it's not something I usually do, but, um, it wasn't physical or anything, it was more just me kind of, I guess, berating her a lot, because we were, it was a distance relationship, and How far was I'll you? be honest, like, she was in Rhode Island. Oh, oh man. Oh, my God. And you were here. Sure. This was a couple years ago. Oh. 
Oh, like so right my sophomore year. Yeah. Oh, my so God. I met her a long time ago, man. This is a weird story. I met her the summer of my, uh, after my freshman year mm-hmm. in Korea. Mm-hmm. She was doing, I was just there visiting home and family. And she mm-hmm. was, uh, she was there doing a summer program. So I met her through a friend of mine. And basically we spent like the whole summer together. Um, and I guess long story short, like, yeah, we tried the distance thing. And like, I told her like, you've never done this before. You should think about it. Mm-hmm. And we put some thought into it, but it ended up happening. And then she didn't really know how to like, uh, I guess I had like a lot of expectations cause I'd been in one before yeah. where she didn't. And she like partied a lot and it kind of made me insecure about it. Yeah. So not that I was demeaning to her or anything, but I kind of gave her a hard time a lot mm-hmm. and didn't really handle it probably the best way I could have. Because at the time you were like, you didn't really party as much, right? No, I did not. Not in college. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. Uh, you know, coming from Korea where the drinking age is 19. And right, because you're experienced. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just, I didn't know a lot of people that like to go out either. Like my friends at the time were pretty just chill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they just like to stay in so um yeah i don't know it's there was just a lot of communication that she didn't know how to like or i guess she didn't think was necessary and that kind of just made me paranoid i guess mm-hmm. so um but it was weird because once that once we both like talked about it for a while and decided it wasn't gonna work out mm-hmm. i kind of just I just remember having this moment, like, it was kind of, like, out of body, where I just kind of was reflecting on everything that happened for the past, like, few months, and I was just like, wow, like, I can't believe I was like this to her, Mm. you know, I was, um, and after that, I was like, okay, no more, no more dating, like, just do your own thing. Like, take your, like, self-care first. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, just focus on you, like, don't worry about feelings, because I, yeah, I kind of, I catch feelings easily if if that happens yeah cross um, up to the door oh hi <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah and like don't if fuck I with catch me because I will fall in love with you yeah honestly <laughs> um, wow if I catch feelings with someone it, it, it's very strong yeah yeah and genuine so I was just like do your own thing like no feelings mm. uh, yeah it was a big like reflection period for me just to kind of look at myself and why I why I sort of a big part of my self esteem I like I would say it's still it still is like when I was a neo for lambdas a big part of my self-esteem as you know a frat bro yeah was having game and like being able to talk to different girls mm. and that's something even this summer I've been like reflecting on too was yeah. why do I care so much about it when it shouldn't be that important because it's fun right it's fun but also I think because this society that's how men kind of like uh not size each other up. Yeah. Would you say size it's each other? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, alpha status. Yeah, exactly. It's, definitely it's how like, big of a presence you have in the room. Who's yeah. ding dong is bigger? Like, who's ding dong? Who's ball sack directly It's basically like you're peacocking. <laughs> you're peacocking at each other. Splinters yeah. in your sack. Yeah. Oh Ew. But yeah. it's more That's like a nasty one. But that was okay. nasty, but it's valid. But like the big thing is like so as a woman, we see what you guys do. Like women are very aware of like how you guys. But why do they play? We play the game because it's what we know. We know how to win the game. We know how to. So it's, it's fun. I it's fun, but it's so also. So y'all know how to win the game, and we're just playing the game. You're playing the game that we designed, essentially, almost in a way. So the way that it works. <laughs> is... I've been player two all along. <laughs> no. 
Um, so the biggest thing was My like... My remote control was not plugged in the whole time. <laughs> I thought I was the top screen. Oh, like, <laughs> just controlling me. Yeah. Right? But the biggest thing is that, like, for you guys, you guys come from this very hyper-masculine culture, like mm-hmm. Asian culture as, like, an overarching, from what I've understood it to be. It, it's quite toxic, especially to be a man, but also uh, being a woman is, like, the. it's not an ideal yeah. situation to be in. For most you know, ethnic, racial groups, being a woman is not the best idea. And, like, the way that men treat you and the way that you're expected to be is a little different. And I think when you were talking about how, oh, I was berating her all the time because I was insecure, that's a big thing that you see in a lot of guys is that you guys will shame or be cruel to the to the girl because it's like, oh, I'm hurting, so she needs to hurt too, and I'm going to cut her at the jugular because I know that me talking down to her, me being mean to her, hurts yeah. her more. Mm-hmm. And that's a toxic behavior in itself. We want other people to hurt because we're hurting. We want them to understand like our hurt feelings. So if we're in the hurt together, but then nobody wins. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a that's something that we're taught from <clears throat> children that like you it's modeled in what we what our relationship is supposed to be like. Yeah. Not to air out everyone's dirty laundry, but your parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. My parents are divorced. Your parents are married. Your parents are married, but. You can see it all, whether parents are divorced or they're married, how their relationships play out and, like, how we play that out. So, like, for you guys, it may be that a man is supposed to be stern and cruel and tough, but that's not... That's toxic. Yeah. And then it's it almost borderlines on emotional and verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. It's abusive behavior because yeah. you guys were abused yourselves by a parent. It, so, within... So, <coughs> I guess I asked Matt, but, like, when you were, I guess berating her right in that moment did you realize you were being toxic or you were just it, I, it just felt like natural to just kind of yeah I think in the moment there was definitely a part of me that realized like this isn't right and it's not healthy yeah uh, but obviously like you know when you know when you're so I don't know when you're so in your feels with someone like mm-hmm. you want you you really want it to work out like that's pretty much all you're thinking about um yeah, I think a lot of the ways I reacted towards her uh, was probably just my emotions coming out very strongly mm. and me not knowing how to kind of harness it and channel it to her and kind of just communicate what I expected. Yeah. And then also not thinking rationally about... Because ultimately, yeah, like I knew it wasn't going to work out, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to so bad that I kind of just thought I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, and then at the same time, like, when things didn't go the way I wanted them to, I would channel my anger at her or mm-hmm. frustrations rather than, I guess, be more civil about it. Mm-hmm. So, but I think, yeah, I think I definitely knew. Did she ever, like, call you out on it? We uh, we definitely had talks about it. Yeah. And there were a couple times where she would, um, I mean, she was like, yeah, there were a couple times where she would... Um, say yeah like this is not how you shouldn't treat me like that right yeah because sometimes they the partner being abused won't ever really say it yeah i feel they they're just scared Mm -hmm. to either get uh i guess abused more for one losing that other person and then i guess that kind of also just plays into the role that they don't feel good enough to find someone else right through yeah, it's all psychological i don't know if it's the i don't feel good enough to find someone else like as 
I know for me that I was on the receiving end of the toxic one. I know maybe I exhibited toxic behaviors where I was feeding into it and letting the other person I was dating, like before I met you, like I was dating somebody else and we were in this toxic kind of relationship, like where he would just say things to me that were like not okay and he didn't really care about my feelings about Mm -hmm. anything my my anxiety was a joke like I was just too anxious I needed to stop worrying but it's almost like it's it's PTSD kind of like especially being a victim like of that like you're afraid like because if you're berated and screamed at and told you're no good and made to feel like you're no good like any relationship going forward you kind of already feel that way and like even if you could say like you can't talk to me like that there's always that promise of like he is the only one that can make me feel better. Not like you, but like the person that's doing the abuse can only make me feel better. It's this cycle because the person does the abusing and then they come back and they're like, I'm so sorry. Like, I shouldn't talk to you like that. I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. That's a roller coaster. Ci- it's, the cycle repeats God, itself. Man. No, it's, a, it's not up and down. It's circular. Mm-hmm. It's a circular mm-hmm. cycle. But a lot of people only think of like toxicity as like physical violence. Yeah. But saying to someone like berating them or being cruel to them like on purpose is toxic because no one really teaches you how to say like you've hurt my feelings because of X, Y, and Z. We're not, we weren't ever exhibited ways to show that. And unless you go to see like a therapist or something, you're never shown those, those tools. But there's also, um, so there's physical abuse in a toxic relationship. There's also verbal abuse, but I think... Something that no one else, no one really talks about either is the emotional abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a while, I'm still trying to figure it out, but when someone um, is not in tune with themselves, yeah, and they don't know that they're exhibiting certain behaviors, they take it on, um, not necessarily take it out, like target their significant other, but their actions hurt the relationship, even though they think it doesn't. Yeah, or even in some cases they target their significant other. Their significant other is the scapegoat for feelings. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if I push all my bullshit onto him or her, and then I break up with them, my whole life will be solved. Oh, hell no. But that's not it at all. You still carry all that baggage, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's because, like, what did I say? I forgot what I was going to say, but I remember in my previous relationship, um... It was pretty, like, toxic. You know, I can't remember if we've talked about it Mm -hmm. a lot. But, yeah, but um, I remember there was one time, like, we fell off, right? And I personally chose not to, like, speak to her or see her for, like, X amount of time. Right? Just because, like, I I needed to be away from that Mm -hmm. and get my thoughts straight. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was at the gym, and it just so happened that she came at the exact same time and everything like that. She wanted to talk. We talked. We went to get dinner. And then at the end of it, she was uh, just asking, like, pretty much, like, when's the next time, you know, we can hang out. And then I was like, I'll think about it. And I didn't realize that was a... Like, it was, like, passive, but also... It was, like, passive-aggressive, right? It's, like, I'll think about it. Meaning, like, I'll see if... <clears throat> I feel up to yeah. it. Yeah. And she, and she took it really hard, yeah. yeah. And then 
uh, when we did make up or whatever, she told me that when I said that, it really, like, fucked her up that day. I don't even know if that was passive-aggressive. That was just me being, like, honest It was you being honest. Yeah, yeah, I think your intentions were probably just, like, you probably meant, like, I need some time right now. Like, I'll see when I'm... When I feel yeah. better, but she probably took that as like, oh, I don't know, maybe like, um, like it wasn't a priority of yours. Yeah. So she probably just took that really hard. So. Probably, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. It was really toxic in a, in a sense where like it was word twisting. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. That's yeah. The term. That's the term. Yeah. What gaslighting. Yeah. So gaslighting is like when. So say you and me are having a conversation and I know exactly what happened. Like I said, okay, tomorrow we're going to do this. And you go, yes. Then the next day I say, okay, we're going to be doing this. And you're like, you never said that. You never told me that. Like you act like you don't know what I'm talking about and make me seem like the crazy person. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like gaslighting is love bombing is a thing. Ooh, love bombing. The love bombing is a big one. Like that's a huge toxic behavior. So love bombing is when like. They know what you like and everything that will make you happy and they give that all to you in the beginning of the relationship so or, they bomb you mm-hmm, so they can have mm, you or I know someone yeah or um mm-hmm, or um what'll happen is like say for example like with for example me and Vincent are fighting and then we break up and he then I'm like I don't want to see you I don't even want to speak to you ever again and then he starts like text me all the time like I love you I've changed I want to be I'm a better man he starts sending me flowers he does all this shit like I don't give you flowers now you don't give me flowers now <laughs> I won't give you flowers <laughs> I, it's a, that's why I said it's hypothetical like, when I might I, give you the wrong flowers yeah he would send me you. like these sunflowers I'm like ew but like the cooking flowers yeah or he sends me bags of like flour oh that was exactly what he would do it's like shit yeah he's like wait wrong, the wrong one wrong but that they do everything to keep to bring you back in and then they don't change Mm -hmm. that's what love bombing is and that's a huge thing about like another thing that ties in is like a person's narcissism Mm -hmm. a lot of people who are narcissists like that are very that are narcissistic in the relationship it's all about them and their feelings and what they want when they usually pick somebody that's kind of weaker emotional that they can abuse and they can manipulate to get what they want um and they'll usually say things they'll be cruel but then they'll be like no baby i love you like i shouldn't have said that to you like they'll just be like on another level of toxic and then they'll start doing the love bombing like oh they see that the other person is doing well mm-hmm. and they move on and then they they come right into their life and they're like no like i've changed i'm a better man or woman i or what however well, why you identify falling for that cuz some people it's it's like clinging on to the past it's that but it's also like you want if it's giving somebody the benefit of the doubt some people are like you know what like i do believe people can change i do believe that like you know with time and effort like i know i'm not the same person mm-hmm. i was i've oh, things have happened in my life where i've changed and i know i've changed and i've proven it but for some people they just do that and there's also the belief that a leopard a leopard never changes his spots so it's just all about giving people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes more than once, though. I feel like it's also just kind of like that yeah. emotional connection or the emotional bond that you created with that one individual, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you don't want to lose it, right? That's trauma bonding. Yeah. It's trauma bonding, but at the same time, it's like for the individual that's like that has that trauma, it's like <coughs> they feel like picking it back up would make them whole again, kind mm-hmm. of. Because like they're, it's like you, you, it's like you invested so much time into this one other person even though it was like you know love bombing and it was really toxic you know it's the fact that they feel like they invested so much time that they feel like they need to just keep going back and back 
It's like, a, like you said, of, like an endless cycle. Kind of. It's kind of a time thing because I know from like as a person who was the abused mm-hmm. t- standpoint, it's more along the lines of like, <clears throat> I know that he or she is not always like this. Yeah. I know that you're a better person than this and like you just don't, people don't see it. All they see is the negative stuff. Yeah. Um, but if like a couple is taking the time to like change how they communicate and understand and like like go through the toxicity and unpack it and kind of find what the root of it is and make steps to change. I think that people can change. But my I'm also the kind of person where you get one opportunity. If you fuck up and then you're I give you if I decide that you get another opportunity, you really got to haul through it. You got to you got to like give me 200%. I need a 4.0 in this. Like you need to be on the net, the president of the honor society of this That's relationship. Like, God damn it. Yeah. I only got a 2.8 in school. Yeah. <laughs> me too. But, uh, <laughs> But, like, that's how I am. Like, yeah. you get one opportunity to fix things, I'm not going to keep giving you chances. Like, you fucked me over once and we're done. Because I respect myself enough where, like, I also will call people on their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, if I know you're acting out for some reason and this isn't who you typically are, I know there's something else bothering you. So let's just air it out now and, like, let's get it over. Let's make a plan and let's go forward. But a lot of people who are trapped in the toxicity, they don't. They just want to stay in it. Some people, like, especially the abusers see nothing wrong with their behavior because they've either they've been themselves been abused or they've seen somebody that they know be abused. Mm-hmm. Like, for some guys, it's like, I see my dad talk to my mom like that. Or I see my mom talk to my dad like that. So mm-hmm. women can talk to me like that or I can talk to my woman like that. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's doo-doo. Matt, do you... Have you ever been the victim of a um... toxic relationship? No, not not really. Um, I okay. I guess my freshman year of college, so I was doing distance and dating this. I love the distance, huh? Yeah, I don't know what it is with me. <laughs> I love you, but as long as you're five million miles away, I'm happy. <laughs> I need a minimum Check. of a thousand, a thousand miles. Yeah. Um. So well, she was my girlfriend from high school, and so we had been dating for like two and a half years at this point. Yeah. But this was I, when you were still in Korea? No, this was when I was here. Okay. So my freshman year. Um, uh, it wasn't toxic. I guess it was toxic. Um, I wouldn't say it was abusive. But I think just the distance kind of got to to her and me. Because my freshman year, I was like actually broke. Like I didn't have any money. Yeah. And she, won- she had expectations. Like her parents were giving... I mean, like, she had a job, but, like, her parents gave her an allowance, too, for college, and I didn't get any of that, um, so she wanted me to, like, visit her and stuff, and I think one of the last, the final straws for that relationship for me was she wanted me to fly, we were planning, like, seeing each other again, because I went to see her in Boston for, um, spring break, and she came to Chicago with in the first semester in the fall for Columbus Day weekend. So she wanted me to fly to Boston in the fall for Columbus Day weekend. Mm-hmm. But given, or you guys know, like flights during that weekend are really expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking at them in April and they were like $400. Round Jesus. trip or one? Round trip. Oh, so well. I did not have $400. Right, right. So yeah, I was telling her kid. like, hey, like maybe over the summer I'll get a job. But right now, like, I would prefer if you just stop asking me about it because mm. I don't have the money right now and I can't look for flights because I can't afford it. And she got 
really upset and basically was like, you don't care about me. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. Like, so what is that considered? Ooh. So for that, it's like... That's like emotional abuse. I that is say. emotional uh, Yes and no. That's financial abuse. It's not, it's not like she's holding the money against it. She's not like, this is my money. It, it's kind of like, so for as a woman, like I know I've experienced that where I felt like, you know, when you do X, Y, and Z, it makes me feel, it says to me, you are not important. Mm-hmm. And that's, it, it's not a... Be, and it's not I feel a like more just a, it's a, a more manipulation. of a manipulative expectation yeah. it's kind of like knowing you can't put a, a meet when it comes to money yeah like that sort of stuff when money's involved like I've never been where like you don't care about me because you won't spend all this money um, if you really financial but if you have money to buy like Yeezys but you don't have money for a flight. You can sell those Yeezys. We got <laughs> a plane ticket. No, that's, no, yeah, that's we, different. We got a chit chat. <laughs> yeah. We got a chit chat. So you know are Yeezys I mean? over? <laughs> over bait. Like, right. no. Okay, Yeezy can suck you off then. How about that? <laughs> but that's kind of the thing where, yeah. like, I'll give an example. Um, when I come home at night, oh. he traditionally oh. comes home earlier oh. than I do. Yes. And there have been multiple times <laughs> where I walk in the door and he's playing. League, <laughs> or <laughs> and will completely ignore me. I've been and, and I will literally stand there for ten minutes, and then he'll look up and be like, "Oh, you're home." And I'm like, "Motherfucker!" And then he'll be like, "What's for dinner?" And I'm like, "Make your own goddamn dinner." Like I believe stories, and I've talked. Yeah. Uh, we'll have these conversations like five, six times. Oh my! So God. the last time we talked, I said, "If I come home and you're playing league again." I was crazy. So I was like, I will throw your laptop out the window. Oh, shit. And if you think I'm joking, watch me. Try me. And let's see what happens. And he's changed the behavior. But... I have mobile league. Now now he plays Rise of Nations in the bed. And I'm like... Rise of Kingdoms. Whatever the the hell it is. Whatever stupid game it is. (laughs) So for girls, for women in particular, if we have to fight for your attention with a phone... Or a video game, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, I'm fine with you playing. I'm totally fine with it. That's your way to relax. That's your way to calm down. Do it when you know I'm not going to be home, please. So three hours before she comes home. So, but I know, but you know, league is right. It takes like it's an hour matches. No, it's like thirty ish. No, his are like an hour. hour. Yeah, it takes them an hour, and I'm and he'll be like ten minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes. Yeah, or (laughs) like I'll be like he or if it's carry, dude. Or it'll be about, like, I we have things to do. We mm-hmm. got places to go. And he'll be like, okay, just one game of league. It'll only take 10 minutes. And I'm like, you're a goddamn liar. And you know it. So Not the, even on what's that. The all mid ones, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's very much like where I – my thing is that it's about priorities and planning. Mm-hmm. So it's like if this is something that it's important to you, when I come home, like, I don't talk to you really all day. I'm at work. Like, I want to come home to you, and I want to be with you in our ferrets. Like, that's what I want to do. So please respect me and don't be on the computer She's in mama mode. and don't be on the phone. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that I have to talk to you like you're a child, that's an issue. Because you have to talk to me as a child. If I talk to you, I'm like, bro, stop doing that shit. You're like, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. Like, and then you just keep doing what you want. So what do you want me to do? Do you know what I mean? Let's air out all our dirty laundry. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Uh, let me put my ears real quick. Ah. <laughs> this topic was a trap. <laughs> it was definitely... I shouldn't have asked you. You shouldn't have asked me to be on. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's about yeah. priorities and about what matters. Yeah. So for women, like, we're like, yeah, I'll put off, like, getting my nails done or mm-hmm. getting my hair done or my eyelashes or 
whatever or buying the newest palette yeah. if it means that I can get on a plane and I can see you. That's mm -hmm. important to us. Yeah. But that's crazy that she like she got mad at you, Matt, like it, for not being able to to afford a plane ticket. Like at the time you didn't have a job, right? Yeah, so no. that's kind of like, ugh, that's a little sticky. So I think I think she was hoping you'd become a drug dealer. <laughs> she suddenly hopes you're a sugar baby. She now. Yeah, she's Korean. Oh no. She came from a wealthy family. Yeah. Her dad is very pretty well off. Man, you should just put out like one time. <laughs> like I, I need I need to get this money. You could have been a sugar baby. Yeah, you could have been the sugar baby in that relationship. That's I was for a little. No. She was <laughs> it wasn't like she was super wealthy. Um her dad was uh he was like a he was in finance and basically he worked a lot and saved a lot of money and hadn't been working for a few years mm -hmm. and still had a, was paying for all her stuff. Yeah. So the fact that he could afford he invested in his things. children. Yeah. But um, I think just distance kind of got to her and I'm sure maybe that was hopefully maybe a reflection mm -hmm. something she was reflecting on after we broke up too because uh she. I think she was very needy, mm -hmm. and at that time I was. She was baby. Yeah, she was baby, and I was kind of just. <laughs> you know, am angry. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think because there were definitely a lot of times it got to a point at the end where we were just fighting about things. I it was just stupid. So like she would, you know, if I would be up studying or doing hanging out with friends, she would stay up and wait, and I would say like, "Don't do that. You need to go to sleep." Yeah. And then she would get upset or... Uh, then you told her to go sleep? Yeah. Or oh, like, yeah. That just like... Um, Take care of yourself. She, yeah, I guess oh, she... You. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, I think she just felt like we... Um, or I wasn't putting as much effort in as she was. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of came how, out. How long was that? <clears throat> that kind of back and forth. I would say pretty much January to April, let's say. Oh, wow. Or maybe May. Um, so, like, the whole entire second semester. Yeah. So, how were you able to, like, not be completely fed up early on and just be like, you know what, I'm done? Um, I think it was just, yeah, hopeful, just the history we had, yeah, mm -hmm. being hopeful, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I, like, I don't know, it kind of just came out of nowhere, I think, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, by January, like, 2017, we had been dating for probably a couple years and the first year of that was um like you know we were together all the time the second year was basically college i don't know your first year and a half was together in korea mm -hmm. then one semester distance and then by the second semester um spring 17 that was when i started to notice like things getting things kind of declining and i think yeah i think i was just more independent than she was and she didn't understand it and the, yeah I remember one time so you guys know I love my dog mm -hmm. like I'm obsessed with my dog so yeah I remember one time I sent her a picture of my dog and I said is isn't it, like, she I cute? was like oh she's so cute and she said wow I wish you would talk about me like that oh my god Damn. and that was kind of when I was like I can't believe you I literally was like I can't do this like Oh boy! <laughs> I like you're making me feel like shit for no reason. That is pretty bad. That is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So you should be like, you know what? All right, put this leash on. We're going on. 
You're gonna go for a walk. <laughs> you're you're going to take a shit right now. Oh my god. <laughs> you want to be treated like a I feel like if it wasn't in a bad place, you know, it's kind of like girls do that shit all the time. Like we do that because it's like we're trying to be funny and we're trying to kind of give you shit on the wall. But I think she might have been serious in that point in time. Yeah, she no, she was. We had a lot of dumb fights that ultimately led me to we talked about it and it was a civil breakup. It's like this is why I can't I think we should stop dating. Like Mm. it's not working. You're getting upset at me and we just keep fighting. Um that's a whole nother story. She's uh yeah, but yeah, I think I guess that's like emotionally abusive in some some capacity. Yeah. Um where she would just guilt trip me a lot about things that I couldn't really do. I think in a relationship, you just shouldn't feel like your energy is constantly being drained, right? Yeah, you shouldn't. That's what happened to me a lot, too. It's like, um, kind of like similar boat. I would do, like, a lot of things, right? Because I'm just that kind of, like, guy that, like, I would drop the hammer, right? If I'm, like, literally building a house. And this is, like, a very important, like, part of the actual structural rigidity of the house. Right, and I just need to put this one nail in, right? But if you call, tell me it's like, you know, you're, like, falling off a cliff or whatever, right? That's an extreme. But I would drop that nail and hammer. <laughs> yeah, I would drop that hammer and that, uh, what's the nail, and I'd go right there. Yeah, and then the house would just collapse. That's how I am. So that happened a lot, right? So I remember this other time, mom. Um, and the house would never be built. It, was, it never got built. The house that Chris never built. built. Yeah, exactly. A novel by Chris. <laughs> the house that was never built. Which house? The house in my mind. My emotional house. Deep, yes. deep. Um, but yeah, like, I remember she got really sick. Same girl. Um, she got really sick, and pretty much I was taking care of her. Right? Kind of like what Vince did. Just drove shit down, down to Urbana. Took care of you. That was so convenient. Well, it was actually at that point was he was I, he was just visiting. I just so happened to throw my back out mm. when I had that muscle spasm, like because it was just so because I was dehydrated from a Good sorry thing I was sorry ma- exercise. sorry mom mm. and dad I was drinking the entire weekend because oh it was unofficial. Yo, and wow. I, it was my senior year unofficial, and I had been drinking since like six o'clock, a, six a.m. the day before. Mm. <laughs> my back. Yeah, I literally stood up too fast, and then I, Vincent was like, "Get on the ground," and I was like, "Oh my." And then I laid there because I refused to call an ambulance. <laughs> That's yeah. wild. But yeah, um, so I was taking care of her for like, I want to say at least four or five days. No. I mean, I still went home, right? Because I just have to go home. I still, I still went to class and everything like that. But every moment that I was not occupied by stuff that's going to help me in the future, I would be over there. So if I do my homework, I just do my homework over there. Mm-hmm. If I... I didn't go to the gym at all for that week. And back then, for those that know me, that was, like, my life. <laughs> and I dropped that just for that, you know. And I remember this one time I was during the weekend, I believe, and I texted her um, asking how she was doing, you know. I was about to head over. No response. So I was like, okay, she's probably sleeping. So I, I just let her be. Uh, two hours later... Still no response. Like, okay, so that's fine. And then I just went off to do my own thing, right? She texts me, like, the timing. The timing is, like, so scary. Like, the second I got to uh, one of my buddies' houses, and we already drove all the way out to, like, 
It was just like, um, I can't remember where we were. It was like round one, which is kind of like a um, Japanese arcade mm-hmm. that's like really far away from here. Like oh, at yeah. least 45 so, minute drive. It's, it like, Fo- there, it's like Fox Lake or yeah, something? Yeah, Fox Lake. Yeah. We were all day out there. Right. And I was just going to spend a day out there with uh, my boys. She texts me right as I got there. So three hours later, I just got there, texts me. I'm like, fuck. And then I just shoot her a text like, hey, um, I'm out with so-and-so right now. So um, I won't be home till tonight, but I'll come over tonight if you want me to come over. And then she's like, why the, like, she said, why the fuck are you out there with him right now? Like, what do you have to gain from spending time with him? And I'm like, I just want some plushies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, friendship, it wasn't that. Friendship yeah, question mark? I, yeah, exactly. Like, and at the time, this was, um, yeah, one of my, he, he still is my really good friend. And when he said that, or when she said that, I was like, I was, I, I, I was lost for words. And I didn't know how to take it's it. It's a control thing. They want you all to yeah. It's a control thing. But here's another thing, though, right? Like, that happened. We had an argument. Resolved later on. Whatever. Right? But... There was another one where it was like we were gonna go out to like Woodfield because she wanted to pick up some stuff, and I, I was like, "All right, we'll do that." I got class. I'll come over after class, pick you up. Got out of class. My dad called me. He was at work. I had to pick up the kids, so I picked them up, got them food, and then I brought them home. And she, it was like an hour past the time I was like already out. And then she was like, where are you? And I just told her the situation. And basically, okay. So I picked them up, got them food, and I immediately went there. <clears throat> Keep in mind, I didn't eat because I was like, okay. I dropped that hammer, right, just because like, I had no other obligation, right? I show up there. I was like, do you want to grab food before we go? She's like, you, you just got food for your sister, but you didn't eat. And I'm like, No. <laughs> Like, where's the logic in that? You know, it's like, it makes no sense. Yeah. I think part of it is also like, I, there is a girl that I know is like that. She's very controlling in like relationships. She's very much, she wants that person to only want her. Like she'll drive them places. She'll do everything for them. Like she'll go, she'll buy them like extravagant gifts and like things like that because that's how she shows love and control. And then the second, but like her relationship doesn't last very long, but it's very much so like she thinks that she loves bombs them like completely and tries to control everything and she's like oh if i have control of all aspects then they won't leave me and i think that for a lot of women like for some of us for some women like we've been shown that like you need to be in control you need to you need to have this control or he's gonna leave you you need to get a grip on everything like or he's just gonna abandon you but that's also something that we're shown it's toxic it's toxic behavior we're taught from our own mothers that's mirrored with the relationship they have with our fathers as an outsider so as an outsider if you see your friend in that situation Mm -hmm. how do you what's the best way to kind of tell them and help them get out of that relationship i think you can't really because it's up to the individual mm -hmm. you You, if you're gonna force them they're gonna cling harder so that's the that's the way that it backfires it's just kind of like I'm noticing this. You have to let them burn. Yeah. And that sounds bad, 
But sometimes you just gotta let wildfire wildfires burn out. loose. Yeah, you yeah. just gotta let it go. Like you gotta let it. It's gonna be really bad before it gets really good. Yeah. And sometimes, like that's even what happens in your own, in our own relationships. Like things get really bad, but you hit rock bottom for a minute, but then you come right back up. And that <clears throat> is kind of a strange. But if you're when you're on your way up, if you try to make sure you're never gonna hit that bottom again, then that's a good sign that you're you're moving out of that toxicity. And it's about recognizing your own behaviors in yourself. Like for, it could be like, I treat you like this because I was, that was the way that I was shown Mm -hmm. or like for, I can say my own example, my mother, when she, she's very passionate and I'm also very passionate about things that I feel and things that I, you know, and my emotions and things like that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if I'm hurting I know that I'll say you, it drives, like, I will be borderline, like, really kind of cruel sometimes. But that's an, a behavior I was shown. And some what I try to do is I try to soften it almost in the way that I explain it. So, like, for example, I tell him, like, it went, like, we're going to go back to the leak thing because that's a sore spot for me. <laughs> but... Lee can can make your bed then. How about that? Like, <laughs> Lee can put like, lotion oh, on your psoriasis really... patch. Like. Oh. Can Lee do that? No. <laughs> no. But, One day. Yeah. But what I, for me, it was like, I, when you play League A, a, a option A, yeah. it makes me feel upset and unimportant because when I come home, I want to spend time with you. I don't want to have to compete for time with you. That makes sense. So that's why I lay it out like yeah. that. Because before it was just like, you're a fucking asshole. And then I would just shut down. I would just be angry. And then I would be passive aggressive about it. And he'd be like, why are you upset? You should know. Well, clearly he doesn't because he's asking. Yeah. Because something that a woman thinks is not okay or that I would never do, you know, I can't assume that he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the way that you're raised and shown as an example of how to treat people and how to treat your significant other is different than the way I was shown. And that's where we kind of have to work together. That's where communicating is And especially if your communication Mm -hmm. styles are different, like that throws a whole other monkey wrench in there. Mm -hmm. What what would you say your uh, love language is? Do you know about that yet? Yeah. Um, I think the ones I got were words of affirmation, physical touch, and I don't remember what the last one was. I know Um, it's like... I think we may have done we may have done it together. Yeah. Like we were talking about. <laughs> sure I know mine is um, quality time, um, words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I think mine are those two, mm-hmm. and then I think yours were like acts of service or something like that. So like for me, when he spends time with me and he's not on his phone or he's not ghost tweeting at one o'clock in the morning, like or things like that, then and we're just together, mm-hmm. like that means something to me. Whereas for him, if I empty the dishwasher or take out the trash, for him that shows him that I love him. Or I think yours was also like gifts or something. Gifts. Gifts. So like I brought him lunch today at work. Yeah. And that for him that's so see that's both acts of service and gifts. Mm-hmm. I made the chicken. <laughs> First of all I made the chicken and then well, I the brought good it chicken? To him. Oh shit. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's an, yeah, so it's important to know that too. Your love languages and then being able to communicate that with your partner. Because mm-hmm. then that it plays a role in you know setting boundaries and understanding each other. Mm-hmm. And it helps create a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like even calling somebody out on their toxic behavior is a big thing. Where it's like, whenever this happens, you do this and I don't like it. 
that's also a thing that mm-hmm. a lot of people I feel like are afraid of saying and speaking their truth because they don't want to come off as like mean or cruel and they don't want to hurt the other person even though they've hurt you mm-hmm. and I think that that's a that's a big thing that we're also taught especially women are taught like don't be mean don't be cruel say sorry like keep the peace things like that your man can run wild and he can be a complete fuckhead for all you all he wants and he can treat you any way you want but you're expected to be like the soft one that's pretty crappy man <clears throat> that it's like such a double standard like that mm-hmm. like from um, being raised as a boy or a girl mm-hmm. right there's like the stuff that you're kind of taught well not really taught but like it's kind of like what you observe right and kind of like it's like okay in order to protect myself in order to kind of like do what's better for me in your own eyes right it's like how like you said like um the person you you have the most beef with in your family is like that's how you don't want to be and then you fight you fight you're fighting that right to not be that one individual but you end up doing it yeah you end up marrying the, per- the parent you have the most beef with <clears throat> that's so shit it, it, that is but that's all you know because that means that you're the parent that's been the abused usually either you're the abuse like for men you usually emulate you marry your mother which is the thing and women marry their fathers. That's always how it's been stereotypical. But here's the thing, though. But like, my situation is completely the opposite. flip-flop. So that's why I'm saying that, like, you marry the parent you have the most beef with. So, like, you're so going to marry, marry your dad. God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> no! You're coming out of the closet! <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but that also explains why I'm... Well, it doesn't explain why I'm always chasing, like, broken... Emotionally yeah, unavailable. Emotional, yeah, that's also another part of the toxicity. It's crazy because when you when you find those girls though, it's like they happen to be that. You know what I mean? It's not like you're yeah. you're intentionally looking. It's for you're like attracted that. to it because mm-hmm. as a victim, that's so as, weird. As someone who's you're you've been abused. Like I have been abused. I'm yeah, not and I have too. And Wait, so, but, but what about a first interaction with someone? Like, so here's you text a, you're at, you're attracted to. There's something in it that it's familiarity that you're attracted. I don't to. know what happened, right? But like after it's that the chase. whole, after the whole like incident with like my very emotionally like messed up relationship that was, um, yeah, every other girl that I've seen or that I was interested in and I was talking to were all kind of like the same in terms mm-hmm. of like their emotional availability. They were not really there. Mm-hmm. And that, now that you said that, it's like, it's just kind of mind-boggling that mm-hmm. it's okay. kind of like, <clears throat> it's attached to me. But then the thing is, is like when they give you what you meet, somebody that gives you what you need, you don't know what to do with it. Like there'll be times where like I tell him like, oh, I wish you would be more like lovey-dovey. And he's like, okay, you asked for it. And then because mm-hmm. he's not super mm-hmm. outwardly affectionate, like, but that's just how you were raised. And that's the way you communicate love. Um, so for me, it was like, I just need X, Y, Z. And he would do that. And I would be like, like, I, it's not (laughs) you like gross. It's more like, what do I do with this? Because I never felt like I deserved it or I was worthy of it. So when I do get it, then I'm like, what did you do? Like, what did you do wrong? You must've done something wrong or you're about to hurt my feelings really bad. And you're trying to ease the blow because pardon me, because that's the experience I've had. 
mm-hmm. is that they butter you up and then they toss you toss you they lay down the hammer or they're like I don't want to do this anymore or you know I just don't think I love you anymore yeah when it's really that they're stressed out about an exam or something like that you know what I mean yeah and that's also behavior that needs to be addressed like you have to start recognizing it in yourself I think a big takeaway like for toxic for even men is noticing the behavior and doing changing the behavior and having a plan to change it and I also think that going and talking to a therapist especially for young men is so stigmatized and that's why the toxic behavior continues that if you don't check yourself like no one has to know you go to therapy no one has to know anything there's no shame in it I think it's shameful if you don't go shout out to Curtis yeah Curtis if you listen to this you the man yeah so like that's my thing like especially as a woman or like there's no harm in going yeah and addressing that toxic behavior because then you guys if you guys end up having children of your own and you're creating that same cycle your daughters learn that they can be talked to like that (coughs) your sons learn that they can be terrible to women like that or to their own partners or whichever here's the thing though it's like it's the weirdest oh i don't know it's the weirdest thing in the world because because i grew up in a situation where like very early on my parents broke up they were divorced and er- very early on i learned the reasoning behind it like why it all happened and everything like that it just like struck a nerve in me as a kid growing up and i was like you know what i'm never gonna have a relationship like my dad and mom right and that's why like i feel like i strive and strive and strive to like give 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 mm-hmm. to make sure that that doesn't happen and then I feel like it's because of that that it's backfiring on me every single time because like it's like it gets the other person all guarded it's mm-hmm. like what are you gonna do what are you gonna do what are you gonna do what's happening mm-hmm. this is too much affection for one person predictable to like unpredictability yeah is what I call it like something's gonna happen but I don't know the severity of it like I know for me like I can and that sucks though mm-hmm. right? like I'm like, very like in tune with vibes like there's this meme, it's like a, maybe it's a Pisces thing, but like, it's all like, um, there's like this meme from like, it's sunny in Philadelphia and it's like, you left a first date because the vibes were off and it goes, first of all, I'm a Pisces, write that down. Like, I'm very in tune with like vibes and feelings and so like, I can always get a vibe that like, something's gonna happen, but the fear then strikes me of, I don't know what. So I know something's gonna happen, whether it's a fight, whether it's like, some, he, some, one of us is gonna be in a depressive mood or something's gonna happen but I'm trying to figure out how to control it because I don't want to be in that off, that negative space. So I'm trying to bite it now mm-hmm. and then fix it. But um, because we, we can't control everything. And I think for me, like, the biggest thing was as a victim of the abuse, the emotional, the mental abuse, and even in a couple cases physical, like, you try to protect yourself and you try mm-hmm. to fix everything because you've been blamed for everything for so long you want to be the fixer now instead of what someone has told you you were the problem and the cause of do you guys believe that in relationships taking a break would solve some issues no no not at all yeah I don't know um I yeah I my stomach I, <laughs> I was like <laughs> I usually believe that people don't change um i think yeah like some people can learn from experiences Mm -hmm. but kind of yeah when you take a break 
you're just clinging on to like hope that you're just going to come back and it doesn't really allow people to kind of reflect on why because um, when you're taking a break you're technically still together I would say so I think a lot of people take that as like oh yeah like we're going to figure out like our future but they don't the impact isn't strong enough that they actually feel like they they learn something or they're able to learn something from it you know what I'm trying to say mm, kind of like, like they say it just for just so they to can, soften the blow yeah so it's kind of like uh someone I know right they were on a break but he kind of saw it as done mm-hmm. oh and then yeah <laughs> and then she didn't right uh-huh. and I feel like if they broke up instead of doing that um the impact could have been different and that maybe she would have learned something from it or uh or even he would yeah like why, think, why couldn't he just say because <coughs> i'm th- done i think part of it is that they don't want to be like you know sometimes like it where it's going to tie it back to us because i have a lot of examples yeah <laughs> we we broke up for a while me and him oh, were broken yeah. up we were on point. a break for about a month and a half. for about a month and a half and not a lot of people know that no but now the whole that. world knows that. Now the whole world knows, <laughs> and we just aired out all our dirty laundry. I know we're always the kind of. We're For the me, kind of, it helped though. For me, it made me it, angry at you all the time. <laughs> it helped me because you're doing stupid shit, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, because at that time, like that that break actually helped me. Like I did the opposite of what you would describe as someone who takes a break. Right? I actually reflected. I well, did you guys break up? And then come back together and you're calling it a break now? Or did mm. you guys just say, we're going to go on a break? He decided... Okay, let me set the scene. <coughs> so he decided over text message that we were going on a break because he wasn't sure if he wanted to marry me. And I was like, what? I have an exam I got to take. What are you talking about? Like, we hadn't even talked about getting married. We'd been together almost four years at that point. And I was like, um, I was kind of like, I don't care if we're getting married or not jokes on me now but like hmm. I was kind of either, neither here nor there about like us being married I was like we could be together forever as long as I know you want to be with me forever and you're not going anywhere marriage or not it's fine and that philosophy still kind of applies like I know you want to be with me forever and if you're stuck with me then like you just need to prove to me that I'm the one like that you're going to be here and you're not going anywhere and you're not going to threaten to leave mm-hmm. um, he said that he was unsure but what was historically happening was that exams would come up and he would get stressed and he wouldn't be able to know how to verbally communicate to me that he was stressed out so he thought that he would fight me all the time and just be an overall negative person and he would try to break up with me that's crazy because that was his way of fixing the problem when i wasn't the problem yeah he was the problem Mm -hmm. And he, his way of thinking was... Exams was, were the problem. Exams were the problem. His <laughs> way of thinking was the problem because he thought, like, I was causing... I was asking too much when all I said was, I just need you to communicate. And communication wasn't his strong point at that point. Yeah. He told me he needed a break from me, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, but I said, okay, so if we're on a break, you, I don't want to talk to you. Um, we're not dating other people. We're not doing other things. Like, we're focusing on exams, and then after exams are over, we need to come together and talk. And he went, yeah, sure, and completely disregarded all that and would text me every single day, <laughs> called me Rachel, which he never does unless we're fighting. Rachel. And I was like, Am baby. Rachel. Rachel. And I was like, Rachel, Am, I was like, Am baby, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I, you only refer to me as baby. And he would not tell me he loved yeah. me anymore. Like, it really threw me through a loop. And that was the week of my exams because U of I ended before Loyola did. 
Um, and so that's crazy, man. And so then we were apart for about a month, and we would talk periodically, and he'd be like, "Oh, I don't know when I'm coming back," and I would be, and I like was going through the stages of grief. I was crying all the time, like I was so upset. I like went to like. When I was at the U of I, there's like a Japanese tea garden. I literally stood in the middle of the field in the middle of the night and screamed at the top of my lungs because I was so upset. Holy cow. I was so mad. And I was just angry at that point. And I went, fuck (laughs) you. I was over it. I was like, listen here. I said, I'm not waiting forever for you. Either shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know how I used to drive with the blueberry? Yeah. So she found a red one and she said, fuck you. She like pooped it off every day. Oh my God, yeah. It was parked by my parents' house and I would just give it the finger like every day. I was so angry. I couldn't even enjoy the things I wanted anymore. Like I, because we did all of it. We did everything together. You ruined everything for me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, you got caught. Um, but at that point, we then decided to get back together. Mm-hmm. And because he and shout out to Jan Kalunlam because he said, "What kind of white girl dates an Asian dude?" Rachel does. So don't let that get away. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Jan. <laughs> shit, Jan says. But it helped because Vincent was like, "Damn." Like, oh, um, shit. And we got back together. But yeah. when we got back together, I said, look, like, there are a lot of expectations that I have about our relationship going forward. And I'm not going to put up with a lot of the same things I used to. I'm not going to make continue to baby you. I'm not going to tiptoe mm-hmm. on eggshells around you. Like, yes, exams are going to come up. They happen every year you're in college. Get the fuck over it. You need to communicate better and you need to do this. If you're going to act like that, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And... It, it changed. You were better about communicating, which was a big thing for you because you never really had to communicate. Right. You were always shut down. But that's what I'm saying, though. During that break, like, I was reflecting. See, I, I feel like there's... That's that's the difference, right? It's like when you just hear someone saying, like, oh, yeah, me and my boyfriend took a break or me and my girlfriend took a break. I feel like they never... Not saying, you know, it's everyone, right? But, like, I feel like majority of people, they don't really set, like ground rules no right, yeah. in terms of like what this break means and what we're gonna do during this break mm-hmm. before we actually come back together mm-hmm. and talk about it yeah right what you did where you're like we're not gonna see other people i'm not gonna talk to you during this entire time <coughs> until like exams are over mm-hmm. and um vice versa you gotta do the same thing because that's what i'm doing yeah i feel like that's what a lot of people don't do so that's why like when friends are like oh we're on a break i don't know what to do i'm like you need to set out ground rules i'm a planner I've always been a planner. I like rules. I like structure. And so, like, I'm all about, like, the the structure isn't set in stone, but it can be kind of talked about and mixed. But I do like to have a general structure about stuff. I feel like you're the same way. You and I both like to plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, for me, that's why I said, okay, well, just so there's no confusion and there's no, like, I accidentally made out with this girl. Like, no. There's no accident. There's no accidents. Like, I'm very much so, like, you know... Okay, so we're on this break. Yeah. We're going to be apart. We don't have an exact time. I knew in my head that if by the time I went back to school, to campus, mm-hmm. if we weren't back together, I had to cut the I had to pull the plug. And as much as it was going to kill me, like I knew that I had to make the decision because he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Because if he wasn't ready and he wasn't going to change, he wasn't willing to change, I couldn't be with him. Yeah. But the fact that he stepped up and was like, you know, there are things I got to change. There are things I need to work on. And he was willing to do that. Because part of me was also like, this is just running away. Mm-hmm. From <clears throat> and I'm like, I, I'm not running anymore. I hate cardio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mental cardio. I'm burning too many calories thinking about this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but that was also a big thing and then even going forward like there's still conversations that continually happen because relationships are growing like you always grow and you always change but that's the beauty behind it though right it's like Mm -hmm. you're growing as individuals right while still kind of like having a support structure and like a safe spot to kind of Mm -hmm. like fall back on in case shit hits the fan and yeah there's arguments but it's it comes full circle I think also part of it was that we spent majority of our relationship apart so a lot of people like we have friends where they meet somebody and they're immediately moving in together or like my yeah like you have people that move in together and they're already living together for like a month and you know that it's all really fast and then it falls apart but we spent four years apart I lived in another city for Mm -hmm. like four years and Mm -hmm. he was here so we were it changed the way we communicated and the way that we dealt with things like I would constant I would constantly drive back here I had a car luckily Damn. I would constantly drive from Champaign to yeah. Loyola to get him so we could find person. Oh, man. Because he would, he shuts down Yeah. when we fight because he doesn't, his, the way that he was taught to communicate was silence. Don't express feeling, push it down and then it'll <clears throat> blow up later. Whereas I'm like, let's talk about it now. I want to solve it now because I can't fix it. Six Are you saying we man? Like, yeah, that's her. Yeah, just I like everything out there. I like to, cause like you know, like she said, it. like I'm a planner and I like yeah. to keep things organized. Otherwise, everything gets jumbled and I get confused. Mm. Um, and I like to deal with things when they happen usually, mm-hmm. because yeah, when I internalize things, it builds up and the pressure increases and then it gets worse. Where did that come from? Cause most times, Asian yeah. men, you know, they I think don't speak up. I I have pretty westernized asian family mm. um my dad is basically a white man <laughs> um, <laughs> like, but i think i don't know i don't know if it i don't know if i can attribute it to my family mm. i think definitely when we had problems growing up or like yeah when when my dad and i would you know argue it was never like i wasn't allowed to say anything right um I would listen to whatever he would have to say, and then he would always like we. It was it was like it was a back two ways, yeah, back mm-hmm. and forth kind of mm-hmm. thing. Unless I, you know, most of the time I was wrong because I was a spoiled brat. So usually <laughs> I just sit there and take it. But, mm. um, communication was always important in my household, so that's probably part of it too. I feel like for a lot of tra- <clears throat> from what I'm seeing with Westernized versus traditional, in the traditional communications not taught. It isn't taught. It's not. It's considered disrespectful. It's considered yeah, it like you're a bad son. Yeah. You're filial piety. Yeah, it's like yeah. respecting your elders. That type of shit. Like well, even if they're wrong. I've heard like some. Last summer, I worked at Universal, and one of my coworkers, my team leaders, was a she's Korean, and she told me that, um, in her family, it's disrespectful to, talk, when the elders don't allow you to like you have to get permission and i was like she was yeah. like yeah it's a korean thing right like you get that and i was like i don't like my father's my, white <laughs> yeah like my family's pretty americanized like i don't know what that is yeah and i didn't know that was a thing in korea either like i never heard that from a lot of my korean friends when i lived Dang. there mm-hmm. but i guess that is a thing and yeah she said like we weren't allowed to talk unless we were given permission i wonder if that carries over to her outside of you know the household yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it does. I mean, and she's a female. Yeah, 
the double whammy. Because mm-hmm. society teaches women not to really talk back. I don't, yeah. Well, not now. Everything's, no, even everything's now. changing though. No, even now. Like, well, I mean, my generation and my sisters. Like, my mother is very outspoken, and so she's always <clears> been about if I. It's the same thing that I taught you guys. Like with all of our sons, was very much like if you do not like something, you need to say so because the only person that can fix it is you. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and take it if you don't like it. If you don't yeah. like something, say something. Yeah, if you don't like something, say something. And that's always been my philosophy. Mm. And so that's why how I am with him. Like, if I... With my <coughs> other relationship, it was very much, be quiet. Do not say what you don't like because he'll just scream at you. But for him, it, he was like, no, if you don't like something, I want you to tell me. Yeah. Where you may have fucked up then because all I do is I'm like, stop playing late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was also a thing for me is I come from a very Western family. Yeah. We're American. I'm white. Um... But we, my mother is very much like, let's talk about your feelings and things like that. Which I think is a big thing about being toxic is talk about your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With that being said, um, Matt, what advice would you give to our listeners about toxic relationships, communication? Um, I think, yeah, like, like we've talked about, I think setting like ground rules for a relationship is very important mm-hmm. because you guys you do want to see like eye to eye with each other yeah uh i don't know it's hard to say because usually when i when i have friends that are in, or like family that are in toxic relationships i don't like to tell them what to do because they don't yeah like we said like they cling harder yeah, they don't burn. yeah they just see it as us trying to pull them away um from something that they care about mm-hmm. um i usually just tell them what I feel, and if they want to accept what I'm saying, then they will. Mm-hmm. Um, like someone very close to me, which you guys know about, it took him months to finally realize and see what everyone was telling him. Um, but I think, yeah, just communicating is probably one of the most important things in any relationship because if you guys don't talk about your disagreements, because disagreements are always going to happen, mm-hmm. and if you guys don't address them or uh, discuss why they're coming up then you're never gonna it's not gonna go anywhere right mm-hmm. um, and then things get worse because you're just gonna keep fighting yeah um, yeah I would say alright okay. awesome how about you Rachel I think any you, input I mean, or was that pretty basic yeah it was pretty income like we're really similar in the way we think so like I pretty much agree with it. And like Sounds you're pretty much dating your little brother. Or your <laughs> little child. <laughs> well that's the thing, it's like I've always said yeah. like my biggest thing is if you don't like something, say something. Yeah. If especially in relationships, whether it's platonic, work, romantic, say something. Because if you're like, you know what, it makes me feel this way because you do this and I don't like it and I think we need to change that behavior, that's gonna open up a lot of doors for you. Because <clears throat> I know it has. Because for a lot of people, you just have to lay it out. Like, if you're just like, oh, no, it hurts my feelings, you do that. Where it's like, I'm sorry you feel that way. No, I don't like A, and it makes me feel like B. I would appreciate if you did C. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I've known anyone, because, yeah, I don't think I've ever known anyone that has internalized things or just kept it to themselves and pushed it aside and have felt better because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, someone I know that I'm really close to right now is in a relationship where they literally, I would say, at least every three days fight about the same same thing for the past few months. Mm. And it's literally the same thing. And he never 
he brings it up to me, but he won't talk about it. And that's fine. Like, I don't force people to talk about right. stuff they don't want to share. Right. But he gets very upset, and he's kind of a hothead, too. So he gets very upset, and then they never address it, right? They fight. He doesn't talk to her, and then they, he comes back, and they're back to normal. And it's really weird hearing that, because... Um, it's just like, a, it's like. literally... It's all swept under the rug. It's yeah, it's addressed. just a cycle, and it's... Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier, yeah. Yeah, like, Circular. using the sweeping under the rug analogy, or metaphor, you're, it get, the pile gets bigger. One day yeah. you're not going to be able to cover all the shit that's under it. So you then, made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cleaning service. Emotional yeah. support. <laughs> well, yeah, that, hap- that actually happened to me, too. And I feel like that happens for a lot of people. Yeah. So, it's just basically, check your shit, you know what I mean? Check your shit, speak out. Don't hold it back. Yeah. You'll have a much more happy life. Healthy, happy life. Speak yeah. up, but don't say it in a way that's like... Demeaning. Demeaning or cruel or just like too blunt or forward. Like really, really think before you speak. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Write out write out what you have to say if you need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easy to lose your trail of thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or don't say your trail of thought out loud. <laughs> because it's going to get you in trouble. Usually your emotions come out first, so think about it for a bit. Reflect on it before you, yeah. And don't make assumptions like about what the other person feels or thinks. Yeah. Without consulting them. Absolutely. Awesome. So, with that said, thank you guys for dining with us. Of course. Thanks for having us. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And for all our listeners and watchers, our viewers, thank you for dining with Ethan Cast, and we will see you on the next one. Bye bye. Take care.